Hi, I'm Greg. This is Betsy. And this is Going on 30, the podcast where we look back at movies that were nominated for Best Picture 30 years ago. That would be the year 1989. This week, we are looking at the movie The Accidental Tourist. I'm sorry I'm so fat. Name's Lucas Loomis. What do you do, Mr. Leary? I write travel guidebooks. Accidental Tourist. Oh, yes. You're my hero. You know I love you, but I can't live with you anymore. I want a divorce, Megan. You think about it and give me a call, Muriel. Remember? Muriel Pritchett. Or just call for no reason. Call and talk. Talk? Sure. Don't you ever get the urge to do that? Not really. I'd like to know what you think you're up to with this Muriel person. Now, you kind of cluck your tongue. What you call her, this Muriel person? Sometimes, the road of life takes a few unexpected turns. Do you picture us getting married sometime? Do you plan on staying with Muriel forever? But in the end... Oh, sorry. Life is no accident. Honestly, Megan, what's come over you? Used to be downright finicky. I don't think marriage ought to be as common as it is. Perfect couples could marry, maybe, but... (laughs) Who's a perfect couple? This one's brutal. When we (laughs) get into it in just a second. Um, But first, let me uh, let me introduce the movie. Let me do a little plot summary as best I can. Okay, it's going to take you like two seconds. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) All right. An author of travel books played by William Hurt sees his world turned upside down when his son dies His wife, Kathleen Turner, leaves him, and he meets an eccentric dog trainer, played by Gina Davis. What's your history with this movie? Have you ever seen or heard of this movie before? I had heard of this movie before. I had never watched this movie. I remember its reputation of being weird and not good. I mean, this um, this was before indie film was indie film. And I feel like this could have been something like that. But it's Lawrence Kasdan, like big heavy hitter. So I just remember being told it was weird. That was that was my memory of this movie. I didn't know this movie exist until we started doing this podcast. Shut up. I I had no idea. I didn't know this movie even was made. As a matter of fact, I looked back at the list of uh, nominees for Best Picture in 1989 and all of them i knew except this movie and i was like i don't don't even know what that movie is and are you better now that you know what this movie is hot take i'm coming right out of the blocks (laughs) and saying this movie is bad but (laughs) but i think that there's a good idea for a movie hidden in this movie somewhere it's. It seems like this is a better idea for a movie than an actual movie. Greg, I would like a refund on the two hours <laughs> and one minute that I watched this film because it could have been much shorter if everybody was talking faster in the movie with less air between their words. <laughs> air that you could drive a Mack truck through. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't, the stiltedness of this 
the ba- baby boomer navel gazing of this movie was <laughs> so rough. Okay, so this, rough. this is a perfect chance for me to play a clip of uh, like a sample of the dialogue from this oh, movie please. right here. Absolutely. Hello, sir. Hello, Macon. It's going to be a good time coming from the airport. We actually landed a little early, even with the storm. I made you some tea. Well, that's very nice of you, Sarah. So, how was Atlanta? About the same. Peach Tree Road, Peach Tree Center, Peach Tree Fire Hydrant. Edward. Edward. He's a boy. How's your ears? Okay. I think he still expects Ethan to come home, even after a year. Macon. Macon. You know I love you. But I can't live with you anymore. What? What did you say? I want a divorce, Macon. I rented an apartment downtown. Honey, listen, it's been a hard year. We've had a hard time. People who lose a child often feel this way. Everyone says it puts a terrible strain on the marriage, but it doesn't have to tear us apart. Listen, I've been thinking, have you ever considered we might have another baby? Oh, Macon. I know we can't replace Ethan, but... No, I'm sorry. It wouldn't ever work. All right, forget that. It was a crazy idea, right? Crazy notion, but all I'm saying is we can start over. Um, and you and right. I need to stop having so much eye contact with each other, right? Okay. Now. Like that okay. would then be. Uh, I think that you're right about the two hours and one minute. But it, it could be shorter. Mm-hmm. It, it felt like it felt like someone who wrote a first draft for a movie. They loved it. Like that's what that's what this movie feels like. <laughs> Like they they sat back from the typewriter and were like, "Yep, nailed this it. This is gold. Nailed it. Nailed is, every moment. You you can't improve on this. This is incredible." And it's like you're you're watching the opening scene, and it's William Hurt and Kathleen Turner, and I think they call each other by name five times. It's like, "Welcome home, Macon. Have a seat, Macon. It's so good to see you, Macon." Oh, At one Sarah. Point she calls him Mike. I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> oh, Sarah. I just got off the plane. Sarah, it's so good to see you. Sarah. Oh, here's the dog. Oh, Edward the dog. Let me pet you, Edward the dog. Sarah, this is Edward. And just <laughs> the just... very. Who has a dog named Edward? Eddie is a dog's name. Edward is not a dog's name. But this is. A, it was a book. It's a book written by Ann Tyler, the original uh-huh. book. And then Lawrence Kasdan got his hands on it. And this is where we went. Because the slowness of the dialogue and everything. Because let's let's make a reference to the fact that the other movie you would have seen William Hurt and Kathleen Turner in was 1981's Body Heat. Super Mm -hmm. hot, super smoky, Mm -hmm. super Mm -hmm. build up, lots of tension, all that stuff. There was all of that happening in this movie, but there was no sexy. Like, I don't know what the opposite of Body Heat as a title would be. 
right. you know, because Big Chill was already taken, right? So it's something <laughs> along those lines. Because <laughs> it's all swimming in this, like, you know, oh, she's so smoky hot, and there he is, all conflicted. But, like, I mean, the only thing we got was that sofa bed scene, and that wasn't really, I mean... Okay, can I um, yes. can I make a defense for this movie just okay. and, and see if you can follow me along because I do I do come back to this idea that I think that there's an idea for a movie here like yes. I think that I think that there's there's something there's a there there it's not like this isn't totally unnecessary there's something dreamlike about the way that the dialogue is delivered like it it feels purposely kind of sleepy. Mm-hmm. kind of wandering and meandering is that a, a stylistic choice that we should respect more by the director like is he going for a feel for the movie rather than just a straight up telling of the story well i would agree with you i think it making is sleepwalking through his life right and he's surrounded actually by his whole weirdo family like all of them are kind of sleepwalking in these grooves and patterns i think it was was it Bill Pullman's character? That somebody said, you know, or maybe it was Sarah. There's a groove that ran through the family at that house, and that mm-hmm. that Rose just has fallen back into the groove, mm-hmm. and that they're all in this groove. Mm-hmm. And I think that's supposed to make then the uh, Gina Davis character Muriel like this. She's supposed to be there's a record scratch on the groove, and she's right. kind of funky. She's not crazy funky, like she's a little different. So I, so I felt like that could have gone a little further in the, in the quirk. Maybe that would have made it less realistic. But if we're already in a dream, if we're already kind of in this slow-mo way of living, then maybe she could have been a little more, I don't know, maybe that made her look over the top. But I agree with you. I think stylistically, I think that was a part of what they were trying to do. Okay, so you just unwittingly fell into one of my notes, which is Gina Davis. <sighs> so, so. Gina Davis could, yes, could be funkier, but it feels like she's playing a Gina Davis character. Like, I feel like every time I see a Gina Davis performance, I'm pretty sure I know what I'm going to get. This felt like a typical Gina Davis performance kind of tweaked up a little bit, but not too much. No, I give her more credit. I give her more range, but it, but it does, it does have, maybe this is what happens when you have curly hair in Hollywood. You got to be a little weird. You don't have the flowy flow. Your flow is not on in the way that Kathleen Turner's is. I mean, so she becomes a... kind of quirky. And but I, I, you know, I thought she is. By the way, Gina Davis is the only person who won an award for this movie. Correct. Nominated for best supporting actress. Won. This is the only film that nominated that year for best best movie, best picture. That didn't have any lead actors nominated from this movie, which you know I I blame the screenplay, which also was nominated and didn't win. But uh, but yeah, there's something about even Gina Davis herself that d- transcends the dialogue here that hits a different tone than uh, than perhaps the rest of the characters in the movie do. Hi there, how was your trip? Oh, it was. Uh, where's Edward? Is he all right? Sure, he's all right. We just got on like a house fire. Seems he took a shine to me. I couldn't say why. That's wonderful. So, um, can I have him back, please? Carolyn, will bring him. Maybe I can pay. Yes. That will be forty-two dollars. 
signature and phone. I don't know if I mentioned before that it so happens I train dogs. Is that right? That your home phone or your business? Both. Why? What difference does it make? I was just wondering. My speciality is dogs that bite. Specialty. Webster prefers specialty. That must be a dangerous job. Not for me. I can handle anything. Biters, barkers, dogs that haven't been treated right. Hello, Edward. Even split personality. Split personality? Where your dog is, like, nice to you but kills all others. Come on, Edward. Not that Edward would bite me, of course. He just fell in love with me like I think I was telling you. Well, I'm glad to hear it. But I could train him in no time not to bite other people. You think about it and give me a call. Muriel. Remember? Muriel Pritchett. Let me give you my card. Oh, well, I'll bear that in mind. Thank you very much. Or just call for no reason. Call and talk. Talk? Sure. Talk about Edward, his problems. Talk about anything. Pick up the phone and just talk. Don't you ever get the urge to do that? Not really. And to be fair, this is early Gina Davis. I mean, we're not talking about, like, prime of her career Gina Davis. She's done the fly, basically. Right, yeah. The fly basically gets her this role. But 88 was a killer year. For Gina Davis, I was looking her up, and this was really she did three movies this year. Beetlejuice is here, she did, right? Yeah, this is Beetlejuice too. Beetlejuice. She was also evidently in a Pet Shop Boys video, which I didn't realize that was the thing, and Who a Brian it? Ferry video. What's going on? So she's in The Fly in '86. So she does Beetlejuice in '88. Earth Girls Are Easy in '88, and The ah. Accidental Tourist in '88. Like, okay, talk so talk about a very different role in a way than these other two things that feel quirky or fluffy. I bet you I bet you Earth Girls Are Easy was sitting on the shelf for five years. You think so? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a, oh, you want an Oscar? Oh, we're going to put out your movie. This movie that we've been sitting on for four years, we're going to put it out. Well, and we just love you and Jeff Goldblum together, so we're just going to keep out those. (laughs) But yeah, so, so, I mean, I think that Gina Davis does does a good job in this movie. I think... I like yeah, her directness she, because she's dealing with these very waspy people who just mm-hmm. all seem to sl- slightly be asleep. I mean, it is like a sign of life. Mm-hmm. E- everything else is on this kind of flat, even tone. And she at least has some perk mm-hmm. to the to the thing. So she stands she stands out. I just don't know that she stands out in a way that's like, you know, he was going through his life and then she came in. And, you know, she does she just doesn't play like that big character that kind of pulls William Hurt out of his fun. like, you know, like the trope that you would kind of expect with this movie. It just plays okay. a little flat. Here's my last hot take. Okay. The final shot of the movie, that's what this movie was sold on. I bet a bunch of people were looking at test screenings and they were like, okay, all right, whatever. And then they got to that final shot in Paris and they were like, oh, classic. Mm-hmm. What a what a wonderful movie. Mm-hmm. I could see and that. Kind of has that yeah. feel to it. Yeah. What do you what do you got? So some of my hot takes are this, Greg. Evidently there's no plowing that happens in Baltimore. I don't know what's up with that. There's just snow. Everywhere when we're kind of traversing through the year and the seasons are showing us how long he and Gina Davis have been together, you know, and I do enjoy this nod to Baltimore culture. That's, you know, the row houses and the girls on the stoop and people talking and the, you know, you kind of are waiting for like John Waters, like pop out the side or something like, Hey, you know, uh, something like that. But I, I like that. And then contrasting that with the humdrumness of their house. 
I find yeah. the family to be this giant, you know, his family to be this metaphor inside the, the it's movie. It's very dark. This kind of stuckness. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, And I think, and I do look at that as a boomer concern at this time. You know, they're all in this kind of middle age, you mm-hmm. know, divorce is on the rise. Mm-hmm. And people are just, there's whether or not their child has been killed, right? Mm-hmm. It almost makes me wonder, did we even need the murder of the son? That that he still could have been stuck in the groove of this marriage that wasn't happy, mm-hmm. and and then if there are no strings, like no child to stay, maybe he's he's out and he's and he's done, or she's out and she's done. But it definitely has that generational vibe to it because Kasdan was big chill as well. Yes. Yeah. So Kasdan yeah. was coming off of his big hits going into this were Body Heat and Big Chill. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you could see him also saying, "I want to tackle something different. I want to do something different," and this would be one of those one of those films. I mean, and whatever writer Kathleen Turner gets in all of her lighting, it's the same thing that Sybil Shepherd I think gets written into all of her stuff. Like just suddenly she's lit from behind, the mm-hmm. golden halo of the hair. You know, she could be sitting indoors, she could be outside, doesn't matter. Kathleen Turner is '80s MVP, right? Yes. I mean, who's who's even coming close to Kathleen Turner in the '80s? Glenn Close, maybe, maybe, maybe. Like she's, for actresses, she's killing it in the eighties. Killing it from the beginning of the eighties to the end. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. all the way up to Serial Mom, she's killing it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Early misery nod to when he has the back injury in Paris, and she just keeps feeding him pills. <laughs> I found that you know rife with metaphorical possibilities as well. Just. You know, let me as as the old choice in your life. Let me just anesthetize you to the yeah, yeah, yeah. thought yeah. of a new choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that sort of idea, and and that line. You know the who you are. You know how how people love you. What was it? Who is who you are when you're with them? You know who's the person you are when you're with somebody, and that that mm-hmm. should be the judge of of how good a relationship is. You know how how do you think about yourself? So it's a very you know. Hey, look at me, '80s kind of line, but it's also, I think there's there's some truth in that, and I think that might be speaking to the universal truth of the movie is that we can get into yeah. and we can get into these stasis on we positions, and the churn of life just kind of keeps going on, and it can hold right. you the groove if you're not willing to be pulled out of it, and maybe it makes the choice to choose Muriel somehow stronger because she isn't so different she's just different mm-hmm, and he's mm-hmm. choosing different and he's choosing and that's the thing like giving like we're you know it's it's so hard talking about this movie because it's hard to know what's an atmospheric choice and what's just a dull movie but yeah i mean you're you're going into an atmosphere that for the most part is dark is cold is you know, rainy. I think that very first scene that he has with Kathleen Turner is raining outside when she says that she wants a divorce and all that stuff. Like it's very, it's a very moody movie. And you, you, the problem is that you just don't get out of it very often. There's only a few places where you get off, where you get out of that kind of doldrums, and it, it kind of sets into you as a watcher. I think watching this movie, you just kind of like get a malaise 
just watching it and you look down at your watch and it's like an hour has gone by and you're like, God, how long do I have to sit with this? Oh man. When I paused <laughs> it at one point, I was like, Oh my gosh, why is the bar only halfway across the screen? <laughs> but here I have a question for you. What if yeah. Wes Anderson directed this movie? Uh, it'd be quirkier. It'd I mean, be it'd, quirkier. Be, it'd be quirkier. The Gina Davis character would be much quirkier. I mean, you would, it, this I is where like you're the getting family. Into. The family was already, Wes Anderson-y and odd. Right, you know, but it would Rose have some... gets married and isn't living with her husband, but goes back to the boys because they're in their pajamas and eating gorp and you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. It would have some comedy behind it, though. Some more obvious comedy. And I, I don't know if Lawrence Kasdan is looking for comedy with this. It feels like it in some places. but Yes. But then again, it just kind of also comes off as bad acting. Well, it was yeah. hard, too, because these are good actors. And I yeah. kept seeing them particularly i felt pullman did a good job and i saw him wanting to do more in a way mm-hmm. but had to was somehow kind of tethered to whatever mood vibe they were going for here and had right. to do that. so but it, i think if it had been played for a little more of the quirk yeah that could have been a little funnier because there were these moments where it's like that were funny but mm. it wasn't played that way Right, and I think I would have liked it more. Uh, best scene from the movie. <sighs> best scene. Well, since I liked Pullman, I liked any time he kind of came by the house. Here it is. <laughs> now this is a real Thanksgiving. I just wish my neighbors could see this. Um, there may be a little problem here. Of course, the rest of the meal is excellent. Well, we could fill up on the vegetables alone. In fact, I think I'll do that. But what? The turkey. What? Pure poison. Come again? We think it may have been cooked at a slightly inadequate temperature. Yeah. It was not. It's perfectly good. Mrs. Barrett? I can hear you. Maybe you'd rather just stick to the side dishes. Well, perhaps I will. I don't have much of an appetite anyway. Bacon, how could you do this? My lovely turkey, all that work. I think it looks delicious. Yes, but you don't know about the other times. Other times? You don't fool me for an instant. I know why you're doing this. You want to make me look bad in front of Julian. Julian? You want to drive him off. You three wasted your chances, and now you want me to waste mine, but I won't do it. I can see what's what. Love is what it's all about. You want to make me miss it. Oh, goodness. You just don't want me to stop cooking for you and taking care of this house. You don't want Julian to fall in love with me. Do what? Do you think I ought to go after her? Uh, no. Oh, that poor dear girl, I feel just awful. Um, but she seems so... She's fine. She's perfectly fine. Now, who wants a baked potato? I do. Me. Julian, potato. 
I'll take the turkey. Because it was always then, it just it just made the weirdness of the family kind of stick out. Like, they're just sitting there talking and the telephone's ringing. Because mm-hmm. they've all decided. And, you know, somebody's been lost for a while and they're terrible at directions. Like, that whole, whole metaphor that they don't know where they're going and they keep returning back to the same spot. I mm-hmm. thought I thought whenever Pullman was over at the house, I enjoyed those scenes and the dog, the biting, and you know. Oh, when he's stuck in the tree, like that whole part. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, mine is I call it the trouble with you scene. Mm-hmm. The business traveler should bring only what fits in a carry-on bag. Checking your luggage is asking for trouble. Add several travel-sized packets of detergent so you won't fall into the hands of unfamiliar laundries. There are very few necessities in this world which do not come in travel-sized packets. Uh, When Kathleen Turner and uh, William Hurt, when Macon and Sarah get back together at one point, Mm -hmm. and... um, I don't. I don't think I'm ever gonna find this clip online because this this is this isn't the Joker. You're not gonna find every this clip all of this movie you... online. No, nobody's no. 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 loving it. Uh, <laughs> but Kathleen Turner, she says something to uh, to William Hurt about, um, "Do you wonder if I slept with anybody while we were separated?" And he says, no. And then she comes back with the trouble with you is you don't believe in people opening up. You think everyone should stay in their own little sealed package. And he, for the first time in the movie, really, he raises his voice. He shows this. He gives you the William Hurt that you thought you were going to get with this movie. And he says, "Okay, let's say that that's true. Let's say for now that you do know what the trouble with me is that nothing I might feel could surprise you. And that the reason I don't want to hear about this specific thing is that I can't open up. If we agree on all that, can we just drop it? And that's really great because finally you're kind of getting a look at this character saying, I don't want to deal with my feelings. I don't want to go down these long roads with you, with anybody. I just want my nice little neat experience of life, my nice little trips, my nice little suitcase, my nice little home. Like I want everything to, to be in the, in an ordered way that I understand it. Um, and I don't do chaos and it just, I don't know. It just, it, it kind of, it was one of those moments in the movie where it's like, wow, there's something, this is where I thought for the first time, there's something here. And it was towards the end of the movie. Well, it's like it's like privilege on parade, though, you know, the way the way he just wants everything ordered and the way I want it the way I want it. You know, that's it's just, you know, he has he has somehow been raised in that neat little family portrait that you can just get it the way you want it. And Mm -hmm. that's just not really how life works. And, And Muriel being an expression of that with her son, who was born too early and his issues, you know, there's things don't turn out that way the way that you want it yeah and that he's lived through one of the biggest moments of having life not to be the way you want right. it death of his kid. and you can also i mean you can see the yearning for that i mean sarah's confronting him with something that he doesn't want in his world so he just says okay you're right now can we drop it like right. i i i just i i think that a lot of people do that because it's a it's a non-confrontational way of going through life mm-hmm. um and I think that's an easy, that's an easier way of going through life. It's just, 
you, you're probably going to be more miserable on the other side of it if you keep deflecting and keep ignoring what's troubling you, right? True, true. Uh, best actor. I already named it. Like my Pullman. Oh, Pullman. Yeah. Nice. He would have been a supporting actor nominee. Yes. But yeah. You think? Maybe a little bit. I mean, if we're having to, if we're having to name somebody. I remember when Pullman showed up. And I was like, oh, Bill Pullman, interesting. Could be something here. And then I was like, oh, he's just doing the same thing everybody else. <laughs> yep. He has been told what to do, and he is executing. What about you? Uh, my best actor is Edward the Dog. I mean, pretty good. Edward really takes it in this movie. Uh, yeah. He gets he gets thrown around a car. Uh, he gets uh, pulled on with a with a leash. Like yes. Edward's really Edward's given all out for this performance. Actually, yeah, I liked Edward the dog. Uh, I eventually came come around on Kathleen Turner. Megan, ever since Ethan died, I've had to admit that people are basically bad, evil. Megan, they're so evil they take a twelve year old boy and shoot him through the skull for no reason. There have been times I haven't been sure. I I haven't been sure I could live in this kind of world anymore. It's true what you say about human beings. I'm not trying to argue. Tell me this, Sarah. Why would that cause you to leave me? Because I knew you wouldn't try and argue. You believed all along they were evil. This whole past year, I felt myself withdrawing from people just like you do, Megan. I felt myself becoming leery. Oh, there are worse disasters than that, I guess. Not for me. Bacon, I know you loved Ethan. And I know you mourn him. But there's something so... What do you call it? Muffled about the way you experience things. It's as if you were trying to slip through life unchanged. Sarah, I'm not muffled. I endure. I'm holding steady. I know you think that. But I think you're fooling yourself. It's not by chance you write those silly books telling people how to make trips without a jolt so they can travel to the most wonderful, exotic places in the world and never be touched by them, never feel they've left home. That traveling armchair isn't just your logo, it's you. Did you did you look at who was nominated for Best Actress at this Oscars? No, who are the other nominees? So sad. Oh my God, get ready. Okay. Talk about reigning actors of the 80s. All right, hit me. Jodie Foster. For the accused. Oh, okay. Sigourney Weaver, not for our, the movie we're going to watch her in for the heart <laughs> category, not for Working Girl, but for Gorillas in the Mist. Oh. Melanie wow. Griffin, okay. nominated for Working Girl. Okay. Meryl Streep for Evil Angels and Glenn Close for Dangerous Liaisons. Oh my gosh, how do you not give it to Glenn I mean, Close? get that category. We're, we're going to have to do a whole Glenn Close episode about how great Glenn Close is and how the Academy are fools. Fools. <laughs> over and over again. Uh, okay, here we go. Let me run through some stats about okay, this movie. Go. Opened on December 23rd, 1988. This is a Christmas movie. This has Christmas movie written all over it. Oh my lord, this is a Christmas movie? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rain Man was around this time. Rain Man was like the week before, I think. Yeah. 
be said. Uh, domestic gross was $33 million. Number 35 grossing movie of 1988. It would Whoa. be number 48 in today's chart. Um, it's the number 2,543rd top grossing movie of all time in between Because of Wind Dixie and Just Friends. <laughs> People like that Just Friends movie. People love dogs. People love Wendy Dixie. People love Edward the dog. Uh, 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, which I thought was high. Me too. Um, different story on Metacritic. It's tied with The Blind Side as the number 21 ranked worst reviewed movie that was nominated for Best Picture on Metacritic. Wow. Uh, but not Roger Ebert. He loved it. Raj, man. The accidental tourist begins on a note of emotional sterility, and the whole movie is a journey toward a smile at the end. Four out of four stars. Ugh, I think it. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Emotional sterility. That's right. Because it was really overflowing with emotion at the end. I don't know, man. There's something about the way Raj wrote this that makes me think that he saw himself in the William Hurt game. I, um, yeah, well, that's the thing, too. All those boomers. Yep. Oh, four out of four. Uh, and you mentioned it. Uh, how did it do at the Oscars? Best Supporting Actress, Gina Davis. That was it. That was all it had. But it um, had a bunch of nominees. A bunch of nominations, just no other actor. Right. So like Screenplay. I know the score really stood out to you. They were nominated for that. Brutal. Well, what Ed about Wrangling, that? Best what dog about... in a movie, Edward. Exactly. What about that composite shot of that airplane at the beginning of this movie? How clean did that look? Wow. Ooh, look at it go. Oh, is that a claymation airplane? And we have know. to. We have to rank this now. Like, give it our own review here. Is that where we are? Uh, no. Let's talk about the legacy of this a little bit. Okay. Okay. Do you want to talk about divorce culture in this movie of the eighties? Because, I mean, yeah, this I'm, thing sits I already there. brought it up. Okay. Yeah. All right. This thing sits very much in sort of the wheelhouse of divorce culture of the 80s. 1988, boomers getting disenchanted with their partners. There's more to my life. I need to find myself. I need to grow. You're stifling me. Mm-hmm. All of these things sort of feel at, of a piece with this movie. But at the same time... Like, I, I saw that, and I mentioned it earlier in the show, but he's still, the tra- type of travel books he writes are ones for people who don't actually want to travel and have new experiences. They want to go and find American culture or see everything through an American culture lens wherever they go. Like, mm-hmm. I felt, and I, yes, I know that cuisine in England has come a really long way since 1988, and they're doing a lot better now. It was just there earlier this year. But... <laughs> The idea that he's going out to try to find hot dogs and steaks like you would find. So it's not even like he's really itching to grow. It's just the place where the two of them are is just crappy. And, you know, in the percentage of of couples that actually survive the death of a child (laughs) intact as a marriage is so low. Even the illness of a child, if that child lives, Mm -hmm. is still so high. Uh, I guess that's that's the thing is the specter of grief hangs over so much of this film, but it happens before we meet these characters. 
the death of the child happens before we meet these characters. So it's like all we know about them is that they're these morose people. We don't have some flashback that shows them as a happy family or anything. We don't have anything to judge them by other than how they are sort of shown. I, I think that that's in some ways that's a, I think that that's a risky and bold choice. And in other ways, I think it does a disservice to the audience who are trying to empathize with these characters, but you've already put us in a spot of grief that we don't necessarily understand. True. Going into it. I agree so. with you on that. Yeah. The glimpses and snapshots and flashbacks. I mean, the happiest time that we actually see Sarah and Macon is when they get back together and they're picking up furniture mm-hmm. for the house. You know, them as a unit. You know, we see their son happy with the dog. But yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there's another flashback I'm missing. But yeah. I think I think the idea that I had for this movie, and I was I was thinking about your uh, description of the armchair with the wings. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the whole movie. Mm-hmm. For Mason's for Mason, for Macon's personal life. Yes. Sarah is the armchair that keeps him bound. He can't be himself. He can't explore. He's trapped by grief. He's trapped by whatever. He's bound with Sarah. And Muriel is represents freedom. Freedom to be himself. She's the wings, right? Freedom to be himself, to explore, stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. for his personal life. But for his professional life, it's the reverse. Muriel represents stability and being at home and not traveling anymore. Like wanting to be with your partner and her kid. Mm-hmm. And Sarah represents his tourism books and his professional career of traveling and exploring and I leave Sarah behind and stuff. So you have a man at conflict with, he wants to be in the armchair, but he also wants to be free. Mm. And so I can see that. I, th- I think that's a good yeah. idea for a movie. I just, yeah, well, I just think uh, it's yeah, hard I to agree. Tell. This execution, maybe not what we wanted. Right. But, and then it does like the whole, them buying furniture together and none of not like you kind of are getting some of those nods from, from the movie itself. I, I, I agree with you on that. And that does sound like a good idea for a movie. It just wasn't executed in this way. Have, in this yeah. film. Uh, yeah. Classic going on 30 question. Who is this movie for? Oh man. Boomer tastic. <sighs> Baby boomers. They've been following Larry Kasdan and all his films and, uh, you know, they get sucked into this one. And I think maybe that was the reaction that I remember. It's people being like, oh, yeah, body heat, big chill. Like, this yeah. is going to be great. And then, the, you know, these cultural moment kind of movies. And then they're like, what is this about? Or it's like, this is way too close to home and mm-hmm. too real. And I am out of here. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the reaction I remember. That could be. Yeah, it is. To- it's got boomer, boomer mustard all over this hot dog. <laughs> it tastes just like one from Yankee Stadium. Governor, <laughs> <laughs> uh, governor, yeah. Let's talk about some actors. William Hurt. Let's talk about some William Hurt. Won the Best Actor award for in 1985. He's nominated for Best Actor in 1986 and 1987. 
And then not nominated for this one. And then not nominated for this. This one ends the streak for him. So, I mean, he's his career is like going, going, going. He's got broadcast news. He's got Children of a Lesser God. He's coming off the big chill earlier in the decade. Like, he's he's really putting in solid work. Kiss of the Spider Woman's 86. Oh, okay. Got it. Okay, yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's got quality, quality films, and then he runs into this thing. And I feel like I don't really see a whole lot of William Hurt on the other side of this. See, I bet you that the roles that would have gone to William Hurt after this movie go to Kevin Costner. Well, Kevin Costner, I think he auditioned for this or was turned down for this. Kevin Costner was. Kevin Costner is a Lawrence Kasdan guy. Yeah, So, fate. So as you... As you as is like longtime Hollywood lore, Kevin Costner is the body in the big chill. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so Kevin Costner's always been kind of around the Lawrence Kasdan world. And so I could very much see him being up for this role as Macon. Wow. You're right. Looking at his string here. I mean, I love until the end of the world, 1991, but that's very, feels very niche. Mm hmm. You know, his next film is 1990. I love you to death. And that really is a Kevin Klein vehicle. Yeah. What yeah. a run, though. What a run. Big chill. Yeah. Spider Woman, Lesser God, Broadcast News. That's a good run. He was picking some good projects. Kathleen Turner, we talked about. 80s queen Kathleen Turner. Yes. Body Heat. Jewel of the Nile. Romancing the Stone. Pritzy's Honor. Peggy Sue got married. And give her Roger Rabbit, man. Give her Roger Rabbit, yeah. too. Switching channels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I the has, Roses. Who has a run like this? This is incredible. Yeah. What happened to Kathleen Turner? Was it the fact that she wasn't the Kathleen Turner from Body Heat after mm-hmm. she does, what, Serial Mom? Like, she was she was cast as a very specific kind of actress. And once she couldn't do those roles anymore, just went to somebody else. But she, she is, but she's had some really good stuff lately that I've dug. She's in the Kaminsky method, which of course got nominated for everything. Uh, Cause she's with Douglas. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Douglas looked out for her. Yeah. Michael Douglas is another one that we'll have to talk about at some point. Oh yeah. Cause probably eighties King Michael Douglas. Whew. Holy True. cow. Gina Davis. Love me some Gina Davis. This is it, right? This is, I mean, not this film, but this year is what springboards her mm-hmm. forward. This is how you get to Thelma and Louise. Yes. League of Their Own. You got to have a year like Gina Davis's 1989. Yeah, I would agree with you. Yeah. Thel- All right. Yeah, Thelma and Louise, 91. League of Their Own, 92. Hero. Our friend Dustin Hoffman. Angie is her leading thing. Speechless. What's the Sam um, Jackson movie? What was the Sam Jackson? The um, Speechless with Michael Keaton. Oh, long, Cutthroat long, Island. God bless. Oh, Long Kiss Goodnight. Long Kiss Goodnight. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was great. Which was 10, 10 years after this, this movie, about a little less. Yeah, she's solid, man. And, yeah. you know, killing it on Glow. On the mm-hmm. last season of Glow. Oh, yeah. She's great on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's time to get to our rankings, our ratings. 
your rating your, first out of five. What did I rate Rain Man? Because now I'm just going to start comparing them all to each okay, other. So you gave Rain Man a 3.5. Okay. So out of five. 3.5 <laughs> out of five. So right, you, on, go, you go first yeah. on this one. Okay. I, 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 you know, I'm pretty set on mine. Mine's a two. Two out of five. It's a weird movie. It's not, this movie is not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And if you make it all the way through this movie, God bless you. <laughs> uh, okay. It has awkward acting. And I keep coming back to this thing that I wrote. It has an idea buried in it somewhere. And that's what prevents it from being just garbage. But it's, it's, it's got a good idea. It's just, it needs, it needed to got be it. worked. It needed to yeah. be worked. If it had been worked a little bit more, there's a solid movie in here somewhere. I'm giving it a 2.5. Okay. 2.5. Okay. So, kind of in comparison to Rain Man. I agree with you. It is hard to get through. And it makes me wonder, like, is there some sort of rating for movies that people turned off after 20 minutes? <laughs> like, you know, is there a scale of that? Because it might, it might be near the top on that one, not, you know, yeah. 2000th place or whatever. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Nobody's going to be scrolling through Netflix and come across the accidental tourists and think, ah, oh, I got two hours. Like, that's nobody's... Right. <laughs> nobody. Let's cuddle up on the sofa together. Oh, it's a rainy day. <laughs> Let me watch this and make sure that, you know, my friends know where I am in case I <laughs> fall off a cliff watching the accidental tourists. So, would, yeah. Would this, would this be nominated for an Oscar today? I do not think so. I don't either. It makes me wonder what... Who paid who... Who did yeah. what? How was yeah. this nominated? I'm, I'm curious who would be considered, because we should probably look at this for the next show. What got snubbed in 1989? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. We'll Once we get through all of the 89 nominees, then mm -hmm. we'll do a list of this was Snubs. what came out in 88. Yeah. I think Last Temptation is going to be at the top of that list, by the way, of mm -hmm. snubs. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Last Temptation was great. Okay. So controversial. Mm -hmm. oh, sir, too too controversial. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so this is my last question. Where does this rank with the other movies that we've seen from '89? We've only seen one movie so far. So right. Rain Man versus Accidental Tourist. What's your one and two? Rain Man, and then this. Yeah, I mean that's pretty <laughs> obvious. There's I mean, no... and that is really because the bar is low. Yeah. 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 My question is, how excited are you to now watch Working Girl? <laughs> uh, I have to say, after I, this one, I'm like, I need a little energy. I don't know. I think, though, I have Dangerous Liaisons marked as our next one. All right, Dangerous Liaisons. It I think is. we go Dangerous Liaisons next. I don't know whether I've seen that movie. I definitely have not seen the movie. I just watched the trailer for the first time. Mm -hmm. Didn't know anything about this movie or what it was about, other than that John Malkovich and Glenn Close were in it. I watched the trailer and immediately said, "Oh, it's Cruel Intentions." Yeah, it is cruel. <laughs> yes, it's Chris. Betsy, thank you for talking accidental tourists with me. Greg, I'll expect some money in my Venmo for that two hours and one minute, please. I will recompensate you for your Amazon rental cost. Your please. Amazon two ninety nine. Two ninety nine. Peace. <laughs>